welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome. I'm Meredith Fogel here with my co-host, Valerie Harnois. Valerie, welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So this is episode two of the podcast we're calling So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. Thank you for joining us again. Which means we made it through episode one. I most know. important. <laughs> right. Most importantly. And I was also thinking if you're joining us, that means that I guess we didn't talk you out of Right, talking about real being a real estate yes. agent. Yes. We'll yes. try harder. Yeah. We'll try harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in episode one, we covered some of the fundamental factors that might help you decide whether real estate is the right career path for you including whether there's like a right personality for real estate, some of the truths about real estate. And we shared some stories to give you some insight into what it takes to be a successful real estate agent. We hope you enjoyed our stories. Um, So episode two is going to be an overview of what your first 90 days in real estate will look like from choosing a brokerage to the most important training for new agents to getting your first leads and even to whether joining a team is right for you. This episode is going to give you an idea of what it takes to be a successful agent and whether it really is the right career choice for you. So let's get right into it. Valerie, is there any kind of overarching advice that you would give to a brand new agent facing their first 90 days in real estate? Well, you know, it's funny what you said about finding the right brokerage first. Like mm-hmm. I remember when I went and I interviewed, I got a great vibe that that was a great brokerage for an agent, for a new agent. Okay. There's yeah. brokerages, it's like getting into Harvard or getting into uh, Towson. Right, right, right. So different. So that was kind of neat. Like yeah. I had found the niche of somewhere where I could get training, things like that. So I think that's a good first step in yeah. trying to find the broker that yeah. kind of matches. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we're going to talk about this more, but I think we both discussed that concentrating on your sphere of influence is one of the fastest ways to find success. Um, And the other thing is like avoiding becoming inert in your quest to have all of the pieces in place, kind of getting like paralyzed by overdoing the prep work. And it's funny because the sphere of influence, like at least me, remember I had moved from out of state. Yeah. So you've been here forever. Right. So your sphere of influence is your whole life. I mean, right. your whole family, your, your people I went to school with you. Yeah. So to me to find my sphere of influence was a little bit harder. So that's mm-hmm. why I guess we'll talk about it later. But the beauty of the team was that I could kind of step on your sphere a little bit mm-hmm. while I found my own sphere. I never thought about so, that. That's really an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that more for sure. So there's a little quiz I like to give new agents when I begin training them, and it goes like this. So what is the most important first thing you should do when you join a brokerage? Did you ask me this? I didn't. I started doing this. (laughs) I've learned a lot. Right, right. Oh, I was your guinea pig. Yes, Yes, thank you. Thank you for for (laughs) teaching me how to train people. Um, But so is it A, order your business cards, B, make sure your website is up and running, or C, let everyone you know know you are a real estate agent. That's funny. I bet people say A or B when it really should be Uh C, which drives me insane. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, Yeah, and people think, like, intuitively, they're like, well, I have to get everything, you know, ready first, and then I can let people Right, like, ready for who? If they haven't reached (laughs) out to anyone... It drives me crazy, especially, I guess I'm the old lady, but like younger people, yeah. they want the best picture, the best website. I'm like, 
And to me, you know how I am, the person to person, it doesn't matter how great your picture is. Yeah. It doesn't matter how great the website is. They're not going to, you know. Well, they're not going to see it, right? Exactly. I mean, if there's no one there right. to see it. Exactly. It's like that the field of dreams, right. you know, just because you build it. They're not, there is no field of dreams. They're not coming. It's the opposite. You build it and they don't come, right? Right. right. You have to let them know how to get there and where to find you. And that's almost like a self-fulfilling thing because mm-hmm. I feel that comes up. As negative because mm-hmm. you're already and then you're feeling defeated right. that you know you've done all this work but it's not the right work yes exactly in a kind of way no so. it's, it's so true I mean so it is because it's usually you know when I don't have a sale or something and I'm like oh I feel like no one likes me or, <laughs> yes. like that's how real estate is 10 years later so but yeah. at the beginning you're like wait I'm all dressed up no one wants to me to help them oh, right you know so oh, right and I think what happens sometimes is people spend too much time, you know, preparing those pieces that don't make them visible. But what they're not doing is concentrating on really like launching themselves. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people now, I just did a training with one of my new agents yesterday, and I was saying, think of your career as like launching an event, right? So, and I use the the analogy of um, when a move when a new movie comes out. Right. So the studios for like the movies that do really really well that produce these blockbusters, they spend a humongous amount of time and investment. Doing all kinds of right, right, advertising. Right. They mm-hmm. do these little trailers. They do little Teasers, videos that right. they put out. They use social media to get people talking. They send their stars on these media junkets to you know get in front of you in your living right. room. And so when you think about it, wrapping back to your sphere of influence, you are a big star in the minds and lives of the people who are closest to you, right? right. So you want to get them invested in your success right away, kind of the way with these, these movie studios that you know the more they're in front of you the more you're invested and excited about the movie coming out the more likely you are to go put your bottom in the seat at the movie you're theater. right because sometimes the hype is more than the person which yes. hopefully is not the case with real estate agents <laughs> right. but it's true yeah. sometimes you're like oh my god we gotta go watch that movie so incredible yeah. and then or you realize that actors. hype was incredible yeah but yeah. you're right you have to be your own hype man you, exactly you have to be your but you know what it is that it's easier to be at home alone tweaking the postcards yes. tweaking this and that it's just it's you don't have that sense of i don't know like someone neglecting not neglecting you but um what do you call it like when rejection oh yeah like you don't get the rejection right you make a beautiful business card it comes mm-hmm. in you're happy oh right. i'm ready as opposed to putting yourself out there you're right and nothing happens right. so i feel that's why people get stuck in that i'm doing something doing something but it's almost spinning wheel. You You're know? exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and you have to be able to put yourself out there to yes. be a real estate agent. You have to continually put yourself out there over and over. I always say to my kids, yes. I go on job interviews every single day. Yes. So I have to be ready to have rejection. But to me, it's all you know in the process of finding success. So you right. have to have a few no's before you get yeses. But it's every single day you're out You there. do have to have, which people, when they see us, they think it's all easy, but yeah. that's hard. Yeah. I mean, because we're humans and you're right. Like, wait, why not me? What they didn't like about right. it, you know? Right, exactly. You to. Exactly, yeah. You grow to realize you really don't want to work with everyone. It's true. You know? It's like, true. There's a niche for you. It is. Yep, it's true. And so, you know, thinking about the people you might want to work with, again, your sphere of influence. So these right. are the people who are going to be like the most excited about your success right. and the most likely to help you build your business. And I think that's where some new agents miss the mark is spending enough time finding that sphere and really tapping right. into that, what we call like the natural network, who is the really the low hanging fruit right. of your potential business. So when you think about launching yourself as a real estate agent, 
I feel like the longer runway you have, the better. So some people are like, well, I don't want to announce yet because I didn't pass the right, test. That's I'm not affiliated with the brokerage yet. I, I believe you announce right away. So, right. you know, Plan as soon as you know, yeah, as soon as you know, you're going to be taking the real estate exam, yes. let people know. And even if you do it, if you can do it without making yourself too nervous, put out there on social media, okay, I have my exam date. It's, right. you know, January 2nd. I hope you will all send me good vibes for right. a pass on this exam. It's just like the movie thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then they're invested and then announce it when you pass. And then right. they're your cheerleaders. And then make a huge announcement when you affiliate with a brokerage because yeah. that's a super exciting part of it. It should be almost like a big press release that goes out. Yeah. And then that enables you to become an active agent and to go back to your sphere who is now rooting for you and invested in you to say, okay, guys, now it's time for you to help me build my business. Who right. do you know who wants to buy or sell a house? And then right. they'll send business your way. Yeah, it's funny. I feel sometimes people don't really understand this sphere because mm -hmm. I always say as a joke that I don't want my sphere to move. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want those. I don't want that business because right. if my sphere all sold, then I would not have a sphere actually mm -hmm. or friends. Mm -hmm. So I want those people just to exactly share subtly without. I'm more subtle than most. Like not actually asking, which I know yeah. asking is good as well, but I'm more subtle. But. You want those people to think for someone else, their hairdresser, their dentist, whatever. I even put it in one postcard. I'm like, I'm, I, I literally said, I don't want you guys to move, you know. Oh, that's okay. I said, because you're all my friends. Yeah. As a joke, I was like, you know, I don't want you to move away. Yeah. But your dentist, your hairdresser, your kids' teachers, that's when I want you top of mind. Tell me, you know, tell them about me. Yes, yes. So. And that is a perfect segue into my next topic on here, which is talking about um, referring, asking for referrals right. from people. So you made a really good point, which is being specific about directing the people you hope will refer to you to think about other people who might be good right. potential clients for you. So not just to put out this kind of general, hey, please send me business, but think about your doctor, think about your hairdresser, think about your child's teacher, all of those people who you mentioned that could be good potential clients for you. And right. the other thing, and we're going to get into working with referrals and building up a referral network because that is really the easiest possible business to close, right. to be referred to somebody who is already engage with somebody who trusts you usually you're not competing for that business and those people Correct. have innate trust in you i always say it's like the hairdresser like if i like your haircut i'm like hey who cuts your hair yes and i don't even go to yelp to see like mm -hmm. even terry i'm like i'll just go i know he does a good job mm -hmm. same thing with us you're 90 percent in the door if it's like hey val i know valerie they don't really know me but they feel they know me through their friend yeah which exactly. i love that i it's, love that it's so important it's so important but also important is telling people how to refer to you because people don't know right right. Away, right so sometimes you'll say or i'll hear an agent say um so if you know anybody even as a transaction closes one of the things right. we learn to do is when someone says oh my gosh i can't thank you enough what can i do to, to pay you back or thank you for all the help you've given me and we say oh you know what just send anybody that you know who wants to buy or sell a house our way but we miss the step of saying send them send you send me their contact information right. because it's not good enough just for them to say hey use my agent right you know, they may not have your phone number the connection handy. might never happen right. you're right so you've got to instruct people and as i said we're going to get into this into a lot more detail but you've got to instruct people how to deliver right. the referral to you in a way that you can actually make that connection yeah 
So let's kind of pivot a minute and talk about some mistakes new agents make. And we've talked a lot already about, you know, spending too much time prepping. What are other mistakes that you can think of, Valerie, that you've seen new agents make that keep them from being their most productive in those first 90 days? Well, I actually, one thing I got, and I remember my roommate from college, her husband was going to start real estate, and he wanted to start off the blocks, top eight, he wanted to be a top agent. And I was like, no, it's like with anything. Like, I guess he was being offered working with an um, agent that was doing a lot of business. Okay. And I'm like, okay, what do you want? Do you want 100% of zero, which is what you're going to be doing? Because if they interview you both, they're going to pick her. Mm. Or would you rather have a percentage of something and use it as a stepping stone of like you and me? I'm like, mm. why compete when we basically can work a yin yang where yeah. we each have our, you know, strengths? So that I feel being greedy or being proud. I don't know what it is, but they're like, oh, I don't want to give up 40%. I'm like, what? You're still learning. Yes. So it also, like I've always thought when I share my percentage, even today with the contract I got, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're making part of it. I'm like, look it over for me. You have Mm -hmm. years of experience Mm -hmm. that thankfully I can pay for within, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's great. So I think people are short-minded by saying, I don't want to give that up. Um, The best thing you can do is learn from another agent, do their open houses. Mm. I think you have to be a humble new agent. Mm. And FYI, everybody's mean to new agents, which I think it's so mean. (laughs) When I was an agent before you, those ladies at, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you where. I remember looking at them and going, you were a new agent a hundred years ago, apparently. Because you know now they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're crabby. But they forget. So, yeah. yes, there is questions, and you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So, I feel, yeah, being humble and learning from that. And you'll find a top agent that you click with, mm-hmm. and it's just, it works for everyone. Mm-hmm. There's enough for everyone. I love that. That is that is a really, really good point. Yeah, that's, that's great. I think the other thing that I see a lot is agents feeling frustrated because they're not seeing really quick results. Yeah. And one thing our broker always says is what you do today pays off in terms of closed transactions three to six months from now. That so, is so true. Yeah. You've got to have that like long game. You have vision. to believe. Yeah. You have to believe that if you get dressed, you went out yeah. and you did the right thing. Yeah. Right. It, it does. Like right. suddenly that person calls back or that mm-hmm. one postcard they saved. Mm-hmm. But it's true. It yeah. is a leap of faith. Yeah. But if you're doing it, right? Because if you didn't do it for a whole month, that's a whole void of exactly. one month. Exactly. And what you said, doing the right thing, right? Yeah. Because I think what happens is some of these agents who are, like you said, they've done the postcard, they've done the website, they've done their handwritten cards, they've made their business card and their logo. And then they're like, okay, where, why is no one calling? Right. It's because they didn't do the right things. So right. they become, you know, more and more frustrated as their results become more and more delayed because they didn't launch into productive action quickly enough. And we talk a lot about productive action versus pa- passive action, working on your business versus right. working in your business. That's a big theme of training for our team. Yes. Um, there's passive marketing versus active lead generation. Yeah. So even though the passive activities might help increase your visibility working on your business which is those passive activities only should be a support for what you're doing for you know act to actively lead generate um because on its own it just doesn't get you results so let's talk for a minute about the difference between active and passive lead generation 
And this is one place I really think it makes sense for you as you're listening to think about whether you are willing to do the tasks that it takes to be a successful agent, to really engage in that active lead generation. So whether you're the person like Valerie, you were mentioning before, who feels really, really comfortable and like they're doing a lot, sitting and making their marketing pieces and working on their website and tinkering with their logo, or whether you have the gumption to get out there and put yourself in front of people because you've got to do that consistently to become a successful agent. So what are some other active lead generation or marketing activities you can think of beside um, your sphere of influence, which we've talked a lot about already? Right. Well, I like to be more organic. So usually I don't, because actually when I work with people, I don't even sometimes love leads that I get from Yelp or something just because Mm -hmm. I don't know for safety reasons who the person is Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I prefer someone that is like, oh, I'm a friend of a friend. I'm a friend of your dentist, whatever. So I really do more, literally, we've joked about this, but when I got my dog, Oshi, a golden retriever, the cutest ever in the world. Um, I've gotten like two or three leads just from walking the dog, stopping and people being top of mind of people before my kids are older now, but when they were at Rachel Carson elementary school, just getting dressed for pickup, Mm -hmm. being there. How are you? I'm busy. I've been closing on a house. I've been doing this. Even if it was your listing, I'm like, Oh, I went to a home inspection. I, you have to give, I mean, you're not lying, but you have to give the appearance that you're busy because people only want to work with people that are busy. I have a joke about our painter, Rogelio. He never answers the phone. I'm like, well, you don't want a painter that can answer the phone call right (laughs) away. That means he has nothing to do. And I feel it's the same with us. Like we have to appear like we're always, and literally it's funny because, you know, I've lived everywhere. So all my friends from California, Texas, Oklahoma, they text me on Facebook all the time or they message and they're like, you're so busy. Because on Facebook, I'm always like, you know, just listed, just sold, Mm -hmm. under contract, you know? Yes, yes. So I feel the organic stuff, like walking the dog. I know we always say door knocking. But that's Um, almost like door knocking. Correct. That's like a 21st century door knocking because literally in the 21st century, no one answers a door with a (laughs) ring doorbell. I literally go through the door. I'm like, hi. (laughs) Why is he out there? Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah, no, it's true. And I think, you know, again, putting yourself in positions of opportunity for leads. So again, being out there, walking around your neighborhood, holding open houses. So that's That's my goal for opportunities. Yep. Totally. Um, sitting desk duty, if that's offered in your office, um, taking somebody, you know, to lunch, dinner, or coffee, that's huge. Hosting community events or parties, participating in clubs or, you know, a a networking group that's mixed professions, volunteering with an organization. That's pretty huge. We're going to talk about that a little more in a minute. And these days, Zoom or FaceTime also counts. So again, you know, any any FaceTime, quote unquote, with your sphere of influence or anybody who's a potential lead for you counts. So again, anything that puts you in a place of opportunity to meet new people or to further build relationships with the people already in your sphere um, or your network counts as active lead generation. So one thing I want to ask you about is um, how did you get your first piece of business? Do you remember? I do remember. Yeah. I was holding my dice house, which Meredith has sold like five houses. Six. Six houses. Yes. Okay. He's like your best client ever. He is. Yeah. Um, so I was holding that house open and what was her name? Marcella came Ooh. in. In and out like a storm and then we clicked real quick and she's like can you show me this other house 
it, I ended up, my first sale was 910,000, which is yes. crazy. I remember yes. when you called me, I was screaming yeah. on the phone <laughs> and the seller was laughing. <laughs> but I was like, what are the odds? And that was just literally from, you know, she had met me through school. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, even if you're slightly visually familiar, mm. they feel they know you. That's so true. I got two leads out of that house. I got them and I got the Wittens, which I sold that $800,000 right. home. So that was a really good yes. three hours of work. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's well So mostly it. open houses, which is really most where I... And it's not that I get my lead that one. It's just from people seeing me over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. I get more and more familiar. Like, they feel they know me every time more yeah. and more. So. Yeah. It, I have to say, it kind of astounds me when agents are averse to holding open houses. And I talked to quite a few agents who are like, oh, I don't do open houses. Oh, those right. are really more for the, the agent, not for the seller. Well, not true. We sell a lot of homes. If you're skilled at holding an open right. house, you will sell your listings often at your open house, and you'll do a better job than an agent who might bring a, the buyer who buys right. the house through would do. Totally, yes. Um, you also, though, are, like you said, connecting with a potential, a huge potential buyer population who is already like raising their hands and going, I'm ready to buy a house. They've already told you. Exactly. Right. Right. So people who don't do it, I feel like it's, it's a real, um, it's a real missed opportunity. Um, and you know, it is like hosting a party for three hours, you know, and you are on, on, on for those three hours. And afterwards, you know, for, we talked about that we're both extroverted introverts afterwards, I have to go back and like decompress for a few minutes and get myself like back recharged again. But um, it's worth it because it does pay off so well. So interestingly, I got my first piece of business by cold calling. I think I've told you oh, this story. Yes. But, You're brave. Uh, this was back before the do not call list. So years and years and years ago. <laughs> before they but hang up on before they hang, No, a lot of people hung up on me. But um, it was, I literally sat in the basement of my first house, my townhouse. And I had this list of phone numbers. And I called and called and called. And every grumpy person I got or every person who was like, no, or every person was like, how did you get my phone number? Click. I was like, yes, that's one step closer to a yes. That's one step closer to a yes. And I really You were thought, playing the odds. I oh was. And I really thought, you know, maybe it would take me days to do it. But that first day, I got this kid who was like, you know what? I am thinking about selling. And I was like, what? So I like immediately rush over there. That was my first listing. And from that all of my future business right. snowballed. So, I mean, again, and that was like kind of my like litmus test for myself. Like, right. could I, did I have the wherewithal? Did I have the gumption to put myself through that in order to get my first win? And I still look back to that. And I'm like, you know what? I walked through that fire and I... I and you know it's funny? It. Like, when you do something like that and it happens, it's almost like you're exuding, like... People can just tell, like, yes. either confidence or you're proud of yourself or whatever. <laughs> like, right now, I have, like, a house under contract, a listing, and it's almost like people can tell yes. the momentum. So, so true, that energy you put out there. So they're drawn to, oh, yes. she's, again, like the painter analogy, like, oh, my God, he's mm-hmm. hard to get. He must be the best. Yes. Same kind of thing. Yep. So it's very interesting because when you are not doing anything and you're just doing your I don't know, it's a little depressing because right. we are very individualized yeah. as a... So you can feel lonely, like, oh my God, what have I done? Did I, should I have been, and then you get that one call and you're like, yes, Yes. (laughs) and then it changes everything. It's so so true. It's so true. Yeah. And I think because we are in a very kind of solitary profession most of the time, it's important to kind of have a greater network and not just like your friends, but also when you take that energy into a group, like you said, people can see it and they feel it. So some of the things that we've done to, um, 
expand on our national networks. And, you know, you can talk about this some because you said you came in and didn't really know anybody. So a networking group. So when I started here, I formed a neighborhood networking group and um, it was all all entrepreneurs who from different professions or different, you know, types of businesses. And we, to this day, still refer to each other and we're like our best cheerleaders and everybody's always like, oh, good job, you're doing great. Um, most are still in the neighborhood. So that's been a fabulous support system forever. Well, the best thing you made me do, which you forced me, was that um, we were on the board of the swim team. Yes. And we were going to be there anyway. Right. I literally would have never even thought it. Yeah. But suddenly, and then actually after the first year, we both became more yeah. involved in different things. But it was yeah. actually, I literally, I have people to this day that come and tell me, you were the best volunteer coordinator. <laughs> and I don't care that they remember that, but they at least remember me. Yeah, I would have yeah. never met them otherwise. Yeah, Because yeah. at least in the swim team, all the age groups. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. So that volunteering, especially if you're like us community-based, mm-hmm. it's important and it's really satisfying. I mean, I went in kicking and screaming, <laughs> but I ended up loving it. I mean, yeah. and I'm glad I did it. And yeah. people are so appreciative of it. So they're so like, oh my God, she has a job. Right. Like, you guys don't know Meredith, but she's, what, an artist, a real estate agent, entrepreneur. She doesn't have any time for anything. It's crazy. She does it all. I get bored very easily. And I get, get, yeah. I do it kicking and screaming, but I do it. I do it because I do it. You drag me kicking and screaming, and I'm thankful for that. Yes. Uh, but no, I mean, that, that's such a good example. And I remember my first mentor when I first started in real estate said to me, one of the best things I ever did was I became a board member for the PTA. And when right. I started sharing PTA events, people were like, oh, she's got her act together. She knows what she's doing. She can take on more than just her career and her family. And they started to see me as a person who was capable of right. running big events. So, yeah, I could probably also sell their house. So it's just interesting thinking right. that way. But I agree with you about the satisfaction that comes from it. I think it's such a huge part of what why we do what we do right. in terms of our volunteerism is because we give back to a community that gives us so much. So right. and it's all it's all karmic. It's all and I feel our jobs are so individual that if you don't do that, you're almost like a hermit. You see yes. a lot of people, but then you come back to your one office, one paperwork, you know. So it's yeah. kind of nice like other people go into buildings and they have office and coworkers. Yeah. yeah. And we really I mean we do as a small team, but it's yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is when you go into those um, organizations or the meetings that you have, people are always like, how's the market? What's yes. the market doing? It always yes. leads to real estate totally. conversations. So it always comes back around to that anyway. Yeah. Um, so those are, are really the places of opportunity and all of those things, whether you're at a party you're at a networking event, you're at a volunteer organization meeting, you are actively generating. So that all counts. So when we talk about time blocking, which we will get into in greater depth in a future episode, we're going to talk more about this working in your business and your active lead generation. So the things that are more working on your business, like again, we've talked about the website, doing social media posts, sending postcards out, running ads, creating video content, all great things to add to your list, but they have to be considered supplemental. Um, And you will see that those passive lead generating activities can be placed kind of anywhere in your calendar. In fact, a lot of those things you can do like sitting on your couch at night in your pajamas if you want to. Um, But the active lead generating activities should always take precedence over the passive lead generating or marketing activities because the active lead generating activities give you the opportunity to work in your business. And working in your business means 
showing houses, writing offers, interviewing for listings, signing listing paperwork, negotiating contracts, and attracting your actual money makers. Those right? are the money makers, exactly. Yeah. Those are the things that will actually. Because you bring know what, I money. used to waste a lot of time. Because <laughs> I love graphics. That like yeah. if I wasn't a real estate agent, I would have done graphic design or something like that. So I could spend all day setting up a postcard mm. or uh, mm. coming soon. And that's a royal waste of time. <laughs> it looks great. Don't get me wrong. But like you're saying, someone's going to glance at it for two seconds and nothing's going to happen. Right. So now I realize because there's all these like uh, different things you can get for like now I have Agent Crate, which I love. Mm. But I've set up like, you're right. Like while I'm watching TV, I'm doing a template because I'm just watching something horrible like 90 Day Fiance or something. <laughs> I love that show. Don't, do you really? <laughs> yes. It's the worst. My husband won't even sit next to me. He's like, that is horrible. But anyway, but he's mindless, so I can be doing right. templates or whatever. So if I find one I like, but now I figured out that in my colors, like I should always have the same color. Like, but it's taken me a long time not to be crazy and try to be like, oh, I'll do rainbow this time and I'll do whatever. Because it's fun. There's so much yeah. out there. But now I'm like faster. And when I look back at my feed for Instagram mm-hmm. it looked so cool like you would say oh that's Valerie's yeah. that's Valerie's vibe yeah. and it took me two seconds instead of two days mm-hmm. so I didn't in two seconds I could be out to someone that instead of two days to get no one yeah you know yeah and that's so that really all about creating your brand and that's right. another thing that we're going to be talking yes. about in a later episode and that is fun to do that's another thing you forced me to do that I didn't want to do to brand yourself yeah yeah like, I thought it was pointless, and now I'm like, oh, my God, I always do my little sign yes. and my little color. And, and it's recognizable you. Yes. And, and it really speaks to your personality. So totally. we'll get much more into that. Exactly. And that's fun to do, but right. I think you make a good point, which is putting out there, you know, a consistent perception yeah. of um, your personality, your personal brand, the messaging. And it can evolve a little bit. Oh, sure. you keep yeah. finding new funky stuff, yeah. but if it stays kind of in the... Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And that's another way that you are going to have people perceive you as a real estate agent and as a busy agent and help them to change their perception of you. Because again, as a new agent, they know you as, you know, a different career professional or yes. a mom or a teacher or a coach or where whatever, you know, you were in their life before they're thinking of you that way. So you've got to start to change their perception of you. And an easy way to do that is to create the perception through your own branding and social media. That's real estate, real estate, real estate over and over and over again, and real estate success. Yeah. I remember Um, when I got my license real quick, somebody's like, it was uh, someone around the, around the corner from my house. And he's like, another agent? Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Little did you know. <laughs> I know. You weren't just another agent. I know. Um, and I, this is a little bit of a side topic, but it's, and again, we'll talk about this more later, but I think a mistake some agents make when they're starting also is refusing to work with rentals. So we talk oh about this God, a lot, but no. rentals are an easy way to kind of like cut your teeth on representation i just made more in a rental last month remember for uh, like that was a than in a small condo yes yes that because was i have condo. that connection because right. i'll never sell her three million dollar home but she gives me her rentals yes that's crazy it is crazy and a yes. lot of those rental people because they know you're doing work for usually not that much. i mean like your best cheerleaders and your best referrers and they're people that might buy one day i told you my story of my rental 
Patricia Blanc. Oh, yeah. I got five transactions out of this one random encounter where yes. you sent me a lead. Yes. I met her at Chestertown. Yeah. She lived there, went off to buy a million-dollar yeah. home. Her mom had me sell her house, mm-hmm. her mom's neighbor's house, and they bought here in Kevin's. Mm-hmm. Five transactions mm-hmm. for yeah. one. What if I had skipped it? What if I had snubbed it? Like, oh, I'm, I don't do rentals. Right. That is crazy. And you right. know what? A body in motion stays in motion. You are so If you're right. getting dressed and going, maybe that renter has a friend that's buying. Yep. So you're so right. And you make a good point too about being available because what if you had been like, Oh, I'm not available to show that day, you know? And that's one thing as a new agent, you've got to be ready to go out and show, be dressed, be ready to go, have your key card or your app updated so that you can show that house at a moment. Yeah. I would always think, well, I'm not making money anyway. I might as well go out and try, you know what I mean? Like at least I have a chance of renting something or. Yep. You're exactly right. Yep. Um, the other one that I think sometimes can be a real pitfall for agents is paying for leads. So oh. there are lots of platforms out there that try to, you know, expound upon their value as a lead generating resource or try to claim that, you know, agents are immensely successful, but you pay a ton of money. What? So yeah, I'm hearing you say, Ari, it's horrible. So tell us, tell us more about it. I am totally against it. You are. Okay. I feel, I mean, I feel those leads is like a shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like it's so, unless you're like, so, you have to have the personality for it mm-hmm. of being a super pusher on the phone, mm-hmm. relentless, which I'm not. So I feel it's funny. The only good thing they told me at my first brokerage was like, beware of people that want to make money of you. Ooh, and I thought that was so interesting because the minute you get your license, you get a postcard company, a lead company. Yeah. You could spend thousands without having made a dollar. So true. So I feel those leads, honestly, that's the hardest part to get. So why would a company suddenly, they're just going to send you a list of the zip code that happened to have clicked on something. Mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't even compare in my mind of someone that is like, oh, my hairdresser just said Valerie just got her license or, you know what I mean? Oh, which leads me to something you were saying. That when you first get your license, I feel you almost need to navigate how to... Tell people you're a new agent mm, so you can fudge yes. it a little bit. And that's where I used you because mm-hmm. I would always be like, we, we, we. I wasn't lying. We, you've been here 10, 20 years doing it. Yeah. But it's like, we have sold 100 houses in Kentland. Right. So, you know, so right. that really helped. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's that's true. I think that is that is a real value to working with somebody else or being yeah. on a team, which we're going to talk about in a second. But back to the um, the paying for leads for Right, right. Yes, yes. I think the other thing that it can really do, if even if you are successful in converting some of those leads, well, one, it depletes your bank account. And I'm all right. about leading with revenue. And I think, you know, putting a ton of money into paying for leads that may or may not pan out can right. be very short-sighted and incredibly frustrating. But beyond that, it can really hamstring a new agent's ability to learn to lead generate organically because they feel like they are dependent upon a source that is really unreliable and extremely expensive. So like you said, unless you've got that like magic, you know, formula. There's no such thing. I mean, there's, we do have one agent on our team who is that he makes phenomenal it with it, but he's an experienced agent and a very experienced salesperson right. and he had the revenue to put into it first and considered it an investment. So, uh, but I agree with, with you, most agents, it is not, a, not an effective strategy. Like, you know, my brother-in-law bought this guitar company in Austin oh. and they, I know, <laughs> I never told you that, yeah. but 
he decided that he didn't want to do the actual sales. Like he just wanted to do the sale. It's like if I decided to be a real estate agent, but again, oh, you, Meredith, you give me the leads that are ready to purchase, please. Oh, you know? So he went ahead and paid for someone to go ahead and book the, the huh. company went under because I feel he would have been more successful if him as a person, he's very like hip, very Austin. Yeah. If he was selling his equipment, his, you know what I mean? He would have been so he ended up, the company went bankrupt. Wow. But I thought, That's I'm like, story. oh my gosh, if it was easy, then we would all, yeah, if it right. was so easy, I would pay for those leads. But they're not, they're, you have to work, I feel, even harder for yeah. those leads. Yeah. That's you really get actual yeah. numbers, but to actually close it, yeah. to get it, I think that's harder. But. It is, I completely agree. But yeah. when he did that, I was like, are you crazy? That's never going to work. Wow. Right. I was right. <laughs> you should have listened. But, yeah. I think, you know, one of the other things we talk about a lot is the value of a team. And we've talked about it um, many times throughout this episode, and we'll continue to do so. But that is one of the things that a lot of agents nowadays, especially, seem to choose to launch into quick success is aligning themselves with a team that um, is already successful, experienced, and has good training in place to bring them to quick, productive action. So obviously, we think it works, hence the Meredith Fogel team. But let's talk a little bit more about advantages of a team. Um, what do you think the, the biggest advantages I are? I love the team. I mean, I think it would be sad <laughs> to be like a lone agent and then when you have a great success, not sharing it with someone yeah. or a horrible problem, not yeah. bouncing it off someone. Yeah. So I have to have, I mean, that's why I've always thought, fine, I'll share my commission, whatever, because that way I can, I don't even feel bad bouncing stuff off each mm-hmm. other, ideas, things like that. So I, and even now I'm leaving this weekend and I have a team member. I actually said, can I pay you? And she's like, no, that's what team members are for. She's like, I'm just going to go and do it for you. So yeah, so I like it for that. And I also like if there's training in the team, Mm -hmm. you totally need training. There's so many darn rules in this (laughs) darn, oh my God, it's crazy. So to keep up, to make sure someone to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah, and I think also just getting access to open houses. So right. you know, when you're on a team, usually the team leader is a rainmaker and has lots of listings Correct. all the time and can yep. give you the opportunity to hold open houses and to interact with those buyers. And sometimes those open houses even lead to other listings for the person holding the open house. Yeah. Um, getting leads from the team leader, like that's huge. Most rainmakers have leads coming in from sign calls, from websites, from right. you know referrals, from people just walking by the house. Um, and I think the idea of surrounding yourself with successful people is pretty huge too. So talking again about like that energy that you bring, right. having that collaboration. We just had a team meeting, which unfortunately you missed because you right. were dealing with a, a listing garage crisis. door. <laughs> but yes, um, but that's what you do when you're doing this business. You pop out and fix a garage door if you have to. So, but having the synergy and the collaboration and idea sharing of mm-hmm. a successful team can really exponentially. And you know, I used to negative reinforcement of. Again, I mean, I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know, or yeah. they're a little competitive of, you know, sure. who's busy, who's not busy. Why are they busy? <laughs> right, right. So it's good. Yeah. Do you think that there is anybody for whom a team isn't a good idea or is it a good oh, idea? Oh, yeah. Yeah? There's people that, yeah. I, I mean, I've met agents that they cannot collaborate at all. And oh, they're just, okay. yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, the same where when you're in a team, you share commission and people sometimes can't see 
past it. Right. And they, the greed, again, my formula, 100% of zero is zero. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting anything on your own anyway, you know? Yeah. Or you might be getting two more here, which already pays off for the, you know? Right. So. Right. right. But we've gone from, you should tell people, we've been like a team of two to teams of what four then team of two and then team of this is the biggest we've had we've got 11 right now yeah I mean there have definitely been some growing pains and I mean I've learned a lot about how to evaluate people and you know how to how to make sure that people are I need right a sort of team survivor shirt or Because <laughs> I've been, right? Yes, I'm you're like a lone survivor. You're the OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm glad to have you. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, we covered a ton today. I feel like we gave a really good overview. And our next few shows are going to break down those critical first 90 days in your real estate career and help you further evaluate whether real estate is the career for you by helping to give you an even more realistic sense of the essential activities you need to undertake immediate success. Um, We're going to get into building your audience, creating your brand, the basics of lead generation, even how to figure out whether you're a better buyer's agent or a better listing agent. Valerie and I have lots of good insight in that and more about whether joining a team is right for you. We're really excited for these next few episodes and we might add even more if there are other topics you'd like us to cover. So send us your show ideas if you would like to. Our show notes page has all of our contact information. We'd love to hear from you. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune in to our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, tune into future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Vogel. And I'm Valerie Hernandez. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.